Hi guys, just a quick one before we start this episode. I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that has already subscribed to our channel. Don't forget we'll be doing another giveaway at 100 YouTube subscribers. Head on over to our Twitter and Instagram, give us a follow and make sure to keep an eye on our feed. I'll put the links in the descriptions below. Thank you so much and enjoy our first episode. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the 511 podcast where we talk about basketball and football. My name is Ben and I'm joined with Alice and on today's episode we will be talking about the decision on the Premier League yeah. uh, along with uh, how three Brighton players have actually come out and said they've got coronavirus and how will that actually affect the Premier League going forward. There's also a new rule in place where clubs are allowed five subs and we'll also be touching on the fact of no crowds before a vaccine which is looking like next year. Uh, let's just jump straight into it about everything that's going on with the Premier League at the moment. Uh, so everything around the COVID is just ruining and disrupting everything to do with football at the moment. Yes, yeah, the, uh, the only thing that you can really see on Sky Sports at the moment. Um, that's all they're talking about, and kind of uh, what us football fans. Uh, it's the only thing we have to talk about as well. Um, and the issue at the moment is obviously that clubs need to vote for or against the neutral stadiums. Um, and obviously each club has their own reason for wanting to do that. Um, it looks like at the moment that the bottom six are against it for obvious reasons. And um, it's looking like they need a few more people to kind of agree with them for that to actually be taken um, on board. Um, but what's your thought about it, Ben? Well, as you just said, the the bottom six are obviously going to vote to not go ahead with it. Why? Like, why would they? They're in danger either way that they do it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if they was to do the average points per game, none of that bottom six is safe. No, I think so. I saw something on um, Twitter actually that uh, either way, Bournemouth would go down by zero point eight percent of a point or something uh, silly like that, and I just don't see how. Um, you know that's fair to kind of relegate on some uh, someone on on a point that's not even there. Yes, yeah, because it it could go back to the beginning of the season where this VAR has taken place and maybe one of the the goals was disallowed and it shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. That could have been the extra point. And the fact that VAR uh, might not even be play in place uh, for the remainder of the season. Which... Exactly, exactly, and then even that that's not fair at all because then some of the goals at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I agree. I think there has to be a level playing field. Um, we have to make sure that the Premier League is as much as the Premier League as we know it. Um, to make it fair for everyone, uh, there's a lot of money on the line with relegation. Uh, sadly, my club West Ham are in the mix with that. So, um, it's a something that I've been keeping an eye on. Um, going back to that points thing, I saw that uh, if it was done on home and away points average, that West Ham would get relegated. So I'm kind of hoping it doesn't go down that route. But um, yeah, it's tough. Um, The only team that I can really see benefiting from this at all is is Liverpool. Um, Of course, uh, they deserve the title as much as that pains me to say it. They do. Um, But you have to look at the other clubs. There's another 19 clubs involved and you can't just uh, do it to to please Liverpool or or in the fact of getting the money, which it it seems to be that's the reason why the Premier League is so eager to get this started. Yeah, I understand completely what you're saying. But if you go into the other leagues, for example, you've got the French League, League One, who have uh, postponed their season, but they've given the title to PSG. Yeah. So Um, I don't... like. I understand the pros and cons of it. There's a lot of money on the line and you have to go through the contracts of players that are running out and stuff like that. But I feel like they're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, and as as I was saying you off, off uh, recording earlier, I think that if you uh, begin to start the season, you have to finish it. You can't start it and then stop it. Um but the issue is with that is that we saw that t- uh, two or three Brighton players have come out with coronavirus symptoms. What happens then when the season starts? You know, what happens? Do we have to stop the season for well, a couple yeah, of weeks? Yeah, because you're just going to have players. Let's say, for example, your team, West Ham. 
if they're not getting the results that they want, what's to say that Mark Noble might not come out and say, oh, there's three of my players that have got coronavirus, we can't play the next games? Yeah, it's going to be uh, a load of issues um, with that alone. Um, should we jump into the thing about subs? Yeah, uh, we can, yeah, just jump yeah, straight into so it. Yeah, so it came out that there is going to be a new rule of five subs. Uh, what's your thoughts about that? Well, like we were saying off camera earlier, some some clubs' depths don't have a good enough squad to have five subs. It's all right for the likes of Man City's and your Liverpool's who have got five world-class people they can bring on and either change that team and make a difference to a team or even just balance the team out. But then when you go down the table and you go to people like West Ham, for example, who I saw the last few games prior to this, they had 19-year-olds, they had 20-year-olds. They're having to start people like Ngatia. Like... Their, yeah. their club depth isn't going to be good enough to bring on those five players. So that alone is a disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, I can take West Ham for an example because it's easy to talk about my team. And, and I know for, for a fact, um, our squad depth is, is near to none. Uh, we struggle to fill out the bench um, for a match day, yet alone um, the additional subs. And when we're in a relegation battle to come up against teams like Tottenham that I know we have left to play, um, who will have a, a bigger squat death um, is going to be an issue because they can bring on world-class players um, when our players are tiring. And and what if that player was to get the goal? What if that fourth, fourth substitute is the, the match winner? You know, it, and it's you've got not... to think as well, you've had all these injuries, like Harry Kane. Harry Kane's back and fit and ready now. Prior to this, he wouldn't have been... In the Tottenham squad, no, do you know what I mean? Now yeah. he's now that changes Tottenham's dynamics and it changes their approach because now they can just push up that table because Tottenham were nothing without Harry Kane towards yep. the end of that season. Yeah, I can I can totally see how uh, it it will only benefit those with with the money really. Um, of course, you've got teams that do have good youth, but again. Um, you know, yeah, you can see that as a positive as well. Yeah, it, like, yeah. it does. It does give the youth an opportunity. Like Arsenal, for example, they were struggling with defensive problems, and it's come out like Saka has turned out. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but he's definitely established his he's got place in that. Definitely. He's established a place in that that starting even eleven, if if not match squad. Mm. So my only issue with that is, um, you know, the lack of experience they have. Uh, if you go further down the table, their academy setups realistically aren't as good. Well, yeah. um, you know, you do have, you know, we're lucky that we've had Declan Rice come out of it, and we do have a few good youngsters. But the difference between a youngster being good in the youth and the and making that step up and making that step up quickly, when they've probably got lack of fitness, they've not played football for a while. It's going to be it's going to be huge for them. And to kind of ask them to dig dig you out of a sticky situation uh, in terms of the bottom six is is asking a lot of them. And I think you'll see a lot more players ruined rather than prospecting. But, I mean, that's another issue for another day. Another thing we should probably touch up on as well is people's contracts are running out and you've got loans that are expiring, yeah. everything like that. But the season has to carry on as normal. So what happens with the loan deals? Do they, because I saw today in the paper, I can't remember what paper it was, but uh, Igalo has been told that he has to go back to his China club. Mm. So that's down Man United, very, very short striker-wise. Yeah. So that... He, meant, he that, was doing well as well. To well, be he fair. was on yeah. fire, wasn't he? So uh, I, I know, there's a few more examples. The lower leagues you go down. So say for a, example the championship their their main players some of the most established players in each team are on loan from premier league clubs for example so like my my club millwall their main player this season one of them is jason malumbi who it come we got on loan from brighton and if if we couldn't bring him back does that mean that brighton can then use him like mm. this is this is all the stuff that they need to discuss. Like we we can't talk too much about it because we don't know enough yet until they bring out the 
the decision on everything. Yeah, it's just, it's just another issue that they have to talk about, they have to overcome. Of course, um, we as fans all know that it's not going to be football as we know it, uh, which is difficult to take in. But in these circumstances, you have to accept that things are going to have to be altered. But it's a massive domino effect. Um, whatever the Premier League choose to do will have an impact on the whole football league in England. And it will be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, but another factor, of course, that's going to be affecting the games is the no crowds. Um, I think it came out recently that uh, there will be no crowds before the vaccine, uh, which is looking like next year. So no fans in the football stadiums until next year, minimum. Um, they've not set an actual date on that, I don't believe. But um, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, as, as we were just saying about the, the lesser for, fortunate clubs in the Premier League. Well, we're not we're not just talking about the Premier League here, but we're narrowing it down just to Premier League. Yeah. The teams <clears throat> like West Ham and your teams like Southampton, they base their whole thing and their support off their crowd. You get the atmosphere going. Mm-hmm. It's like having an extra man. I know, for example, I know West Ham, you always say once that once the crowd is going, they it's a different game. Yeah, and it, and it goes on the opposite foot as well. When they're not playing well, to to give them grief, <laughs> you know, and to kind of tell them that, you know, as fans, we're not enjoying the football. We're not enjoying the effort you're putting in. It kind of gives them that kick to, well, sometimes, not all the time, but <laughs> gives them that kick to maybe have that mentality change, thinking, okay, right, we need to sort it out here. And I just think the fans are a massive, massive part of the game. It can win or lose you a game, depending on, you know, your atmosphere, um, your whole match day experience. Um, but you yeah. understand, we understand the decision if if this was to happen. Yeah. Because th- obviously the social distance inside of it just took something off my head. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was but a I don't spider. Really it was a spider. <laughs> anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, it, you said it's a decision <laughs> that uh, we understand why it has to be done. Um, but it's another issue um, in terms of relegation. Clubs that could be relegated, again, it's going to cause other issues. Uh, I think I saw another article with the Watford chairman came out and said the whole reason that they beat Liverpool was because they were on home home soil, the fans were behind them. Yeah, I remember watching that game yeah. and it was rocking, it was yeah. rocking. And he said it wouldn't have happened, they wouldn't have beaten them if it wasn't at their ground at that particular time, if the fans didn't turn up. And I just think things like that, it's, it's an example of how you can get points just from having the crowd or having the whole match day experience. Um, I don't like to say the word, but on point yeah. on that day, you know? So but you have to also think of the financial side of that as well. Mm-hmm. Teams that are lower down and you go to maybe League Two that don't get the TV rights, they're not on TV as much. Maybe if it comes to the playoffs or something, most of their income is actually from crowd sales. Yeah. I, so... And I know, I know, um, they've decided and they've brought out a statement saying that they're actually going to put a lot of football on the main platforms like YouTube, BT, all yeah. of that. But the lesser clubs are not going to get the exposure that they need. No, so they, mean, you're going to see a lot of clubs that are going to struggle and go down the same route as what Bury did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've only seen it. The Premier League be spoken about in terms of games being yeah, shown. Like they've, like they've forgotten. Yeah, about the uh, I haven't seen much about what's happening to the Championship, League One, League Two, and that's worrying. Not only, um, you know, I'm a football fan as well as a West Ham fan. I like to uh, watch the other leagues, and and it's worrying times when you all you hear is about the Premier League, the Premier League. There is also three other leagues in English football. Well, I know they've they've already cancelled the national league, yeah, now, haven't yeah. they? So, and I know I know the um, oh god, what are they called the oh I can't think what it's called, but they they gave each club a big payment as a settlement because they knew that a lot of clubs would have to the fold FA. and they'd have to like give up a lot of players mm. and even cut their salaries, like our local club, Hungford. Yeah. They they were nearly bust mm-hmm. before this, and it saved them that little bit of time. So, 
And saved their another, season, yeah, well, to be honest. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Relegated, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's an interesting subject. Uh, we just wanted to kind of um, put our thoughts and opinions on it as it is the subject that's in the media at the moment. It's still all early now, so yeah. we've, just, we've just talked briefly about it. Um, I know as we've recorded this today, they're meant to be bringing out a decision. Yeah. So in the next episode, we can talk more about it and in depth of what the decision actually means and what they've done. Yeah, and but how that is, will affect. But um, Yeah, sorry, this ben. is just more of our opinion and what we think it might actually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going on from that, we didn't want to make it all down in the dumps and all serious. Um, so we're just going to play a light-hearted little game um, that you guys can actually get involved in in the comments. So we've got a bunch... Tell us who you think. Yeah, yes. As the better opinions. Um, so we've got a bunch of season awards. Uh, basically, if the season had ended right now, today, uh, who would win? Who would win that award? So I'll run through the categories and then I'll say mine and then I'll get Ben to say his. And then don't forget to leave in the comments, if you're watching this on YouTube, who you think um, would win that award. This so, is just off the top of our heads as well, by the way. So if we forget some Yeah, there's main bound players. to be someone that we forget. <laughs> but... Um, I'll jump straight into it with player of the year. So um I've I've got a few players in mind. I've got one that I think should win it and one that I think won't win it but you know has had a good season. So, I think there's two clear front runners for me. Straight off the top okay, of my head. Okay, so I'm gonna go with first of all, it's hard to overlook Liverpool and I think it's easy to save players like Virgil van Dijk, Mane, Salah all of those players that get the headlines. But for me, Jordan Henderson has been outstanding this season. Um, they've been struggling for that world-class midfielder, in my opinion, over the last few years and someone to really, you know, make their mark. And it's so obvious that when he got injured, not that they I went agree. downhill, but... You could see they you didn't could have see, that leader. They yeah. didn't have that, that natural leadership ability in the middle of the field. That's why they were... A little bit, what's the word? Off the ball. They yeah. weren't, weren't 100% there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, still still outstanding. But that's Liverpool this season. They've been incredible. I just think that when they have Jordan Henderson, they're 100% a better team. And if you would have said that a couple of years ago, I would have been laughing at you. Um, <laughs> I still don't think he gets the credit. He no, he doesn't. And Still people see him as a donkey. And Yeah. See, Especially he, for England. Yeah, I think he, honestly, he is very, very underrated. I know he's coming into the picture a bit more now for his leadership side, especially now that he's won Champions League with Liverpool mm-hmm. and led them to that. Yeah. But he is just a complete midfielder. When you watch him play, he doesn't just defend. He doesn't just attack. He is all over the shop. Yeah, he's what we've been crying out for as an England national team for a while now. And, and I really hope... Just centre mid with him. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really hope that, you know, um, he can continue that because it's actually been enjoyable watching him this season, which I, I thought I would have said a few um, few seasons back. And uh, another player, just while I'm on it, is Jamie Vardy. Now, yeah, he went off the boil a bit. Yeah, though, see, he? I'm a big fan of Jamie Vardy and you have to remember his age. Uh, he's mm. coming to the tail end. He did have tail that injury end. as well. He did yeah, have that. tail end of his season. And he is non-stop for Leicester. I think if Leicester didn't have Jamie Vardy, they'd be a completely different team. He provides some confidence. He obviously provides some goals, movement. He's just a complete well, player for me. impressive when you're a 33-year-old, 34-year-old and a team like Leicester that is pushing bases their whole team around you. Yeah. Especially with all this young core that Leicester mm-hmm. have got now. Yeah. He's that one for me that um, whenever West Ham play Leicester, I can't stand it when he's in the lineup because <laughs> he just he just gets in behind. He's he's fast, he's agile. He's just a complete striker for me, and I really like watching him play. Um, I think he's got something like fifteen goals or something this season as well, which is outstanding. Leicester obviously third in the table right now. Yeah, they dipped um, off a bit, didn't they? Yeah, they dipped off a little bit, but they've had an incredible season, and I just think it's hard to overlook Jamie Vardy. Mm, just to touch up on that, I also first one that popped to my head was Anderson. Yeah, I think it's very clear the difference that he made. So I think for me, the clear and obvious winner must be Anderson. Yep. 
You could also throw into the picture Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. Or you could throw in Virgil van Dijk. Mm -hmm. For me, probably Virgil over those two. Yeah. It's very telling. And even on the social medias, all you ever get now (laughs) is people Virgil this, Virgil that. Yeah. But you can see why. As yeah. a as a as a person that doesn't really like Liverpool, you have to admire how good Virgil Van Dijk is. Yeah, and 100%. what he brings to that defense, the the presence that he has. You could put, I know he's a man mountain. Oh, he's yeah. he's he's just everything that you want, even from the hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can both agree there that we think Jordan Henderson um, should be Player of the Year, or if the season finished, should I say, would be yeah. Player of the Year. Um, but there's a few other people that you know you could put into the mix. Um, so I'll jump on to the next season award, which is Manager of the Year. Um, ben, I'll let you go I first think on there's this a one. few, and I don't really want to touch up on Jurgen Klopp because I think that is too easy. And yep. I think he's got that team so sorted now that it is... It's hard not to win. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think... Like Barcelona back in the day, yeah, he almost didn't need a manager. <laughs> he, he does bring that like charisma to the team that makes him a lot better. But I, I don't want to talk too much about Jurgen Klopp because I think there is a few others that deservedly yeah. get a mention. So mm-hmm. first one, I'd, off the top of my head, I'd go Nuno, yeah. Espirito Santos. What he's done, how he's changed Wolves over this last three, four years... I remember watching them play Millwall in the championship and they didn't look great. No, when I mean, they, they were... struggled to sell out their stadium. Yeah, but when when <laughs> and then when they got all this money and they started signing people like Neves and then that you're like, oh, they're just gonna be another mm. big team. QPR that... back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but these last couple of seasons, what he's done in the premiership, he's taken them to Europa and they they were still in Europa as well. Yeah. And Still actually challenging, not challenging for a title in the Premier League. That I don't think that was even on the agenda, but what are they, seventh or something like that? Yeah, I, I can't remember off the top of my they head. Were, but they were pushing, I, I especially, if Man, especially uh, if Man City get this ban. That, that's a, that is hmm. very close to an unbelievable 100%, season. You know, I'm a big fan of Wolves and, and I like their, their everything that I wish West Ham were. Uh, they're pacey, they're... They're at the back. They're solid. Yeah, another uh, thing that I love about him as well is he sticks by his team. Yeah. He has a certain core of players. Mm-hmm. Two ten- subs that he likes to bring on. <laughs> he tends to play that five at the back with the wing backs are very, very key in that formation. Yeah. And then I know all the praise goes on Adam Martore. That's That he seems to be like the name on everyone's lips at yeah. the moment. But I think people like Jimenez and Hotter and... Den Donk has been yeah, amazing for this Connor season. Even Conor Cody, people like that, yeah. that. That team is just very, very well yeah. put together and it has a very, very good core. And I think Nuno is the reason why they all work together. They yeah. trust him. They, they you know, understand what he wants to do and fair play to Wolves. they Class little outfit. And he's got a cracking beard as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you got anyone else on your list? Top of my head. Probably, I know it's pushing it a bit, but maybe Sean Dyche. Yeah, I Considering mean... Considering the beginning of the season, when they were down the bottom and everyone was mm. writing them off because they couldn't score. And they, especially over the years, you've got these Burnley teams that defend for their life. You've got people like Ben Mee, Tarkovsky, who are well known for defending. That is like them, bread and butter. And at the beginning of the season, they couldn't defend to save their life. And then he's turned over that team and got them back to a, a good style of football. Mm-hmm. And now they're, what did you say, about 10th? I think at 10th. I think looking at the table, I think they went up to 10th. That That's a decent season for a team like Burnley who don't invest a lot of money on players. They're very, very Brexit with the players they get. Mm. My only issue is that was, wouldn't you say that Sean Dyche got them into that mess to start with? No, they were very, very unlucky with injuries at the beginning of the season. I remember that. And you had people like, I know Nick Pope's come onto the, I think, no, Nick Pope was injured at the beginning of the yeah, season, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, he? yeah. Uh, who else? Tom Heaton's gone out on loan now, hasn't he? Because yes. I don't think he hit the form. Yeah. But I think they were very, very unlucky. When you yeah. have to start people like Phil Bardsley, uh, yeah. right back. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the two standout players for me at Burnley is Tarkovsky and uh, McNeil. 
Oh yeah, I like. I Matt really Neal. like McNeil. I don't think he gets the praise. Uh, but anyway, that's that's not what we're on about here. We're on about <laughs> managers. Um, and another one, just just because it's popped to my head, yeah. Roy Hodgson. Yeah, you're a big fan of Roy, I and I can appre- Roy. I can appreciate I where you know that Crystal Palace team is not the best. That and Crystal Palace team, I'm telling you now, is awful. They don't have. I think if you was to put their team, if you if you said to every team in the Premier League. Ego, you can have any player from Crystal Palace. There's maybe three players. Yeah. You've got Jordan Ayew, Zaha. Van Arnholt maybe on his yeah, day. But even um, even on the day. But Roy has got I don't know how their keeper's good actually, but I can't say his name. Oh Guaita, yeah, yeah, he's quite yeah. good. He's quite good. He's had a great season. But they are have been very sturdy. I wouldn't say they've been incredible, but they've been Okay. They've done a job, haven't they? Yeah. They're, they're not in in trouble, I don't think. I think if I remember correctly from the table, we should have looked at this beforehand. But, um, they're mid-table. I think they're just... Yeah, I think they're, they're bottom half, but not in, in yeah. trouble. Um, and just to go back to the Manager of the Year Award, just two names. I don't want to really go into too much depth form, but two that I think is you can't overlook Sheffield United. So I think Chris, Chris, Wilder, Chris yeah. Wilder has got to be up there. He's done an amazing job. When Sheffield United got promoted, I don't think anyone at all, um, certainly no, not me, I, I took them for relegation. Um, it's because they didn't sign anyone. Yeah. Um, and he kept that same group of players. Yeah. Like what Nuno's done at Wolves. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you can overlook that. Uh, I think he's done an amazing job. Um, I'm not a massive Sheffield United fan because of obviously old things that have happened with West Ham, but credit where credit's due, he's done a great job um, with a squad that, again, like Palace, is not, there's no world beaters really in there. Um, they do well for Sheffield United, but I think if you take half of those players out and put them in another team, they probably wouldn't do as well. Yeah. No disrespect. Sheffield United is the type of team that you're playing for that yeah, club, aren't you? exactly. No disrespect to them, um, but every club has, has those players and they just have more of them. Um, and then one more play, uh, one more manager. Sorry, not player uh, is probably Brendan Rodgers. Just look at the table. Yeah, Same with Sheffield yeah, United, Leicester. They've had a great season, and he's come in. He's done a great job. He's made a few good signings with Madison and all that. And I just think, you know, Leicester are kind of looking after a few years of maybe mid table after that title win. They're looking back up there, and and yeah, he's I done agree. a great job. He's done a great job. Um, so who would you say overall gets manager of the season? Um, you got to go Klopp, yeah. I think you do have to go Klopp. We we didn't want to obviously speak about it too much because it is it's easy to talk about, you know. And I think um, the media gives Liverpool. Yeah, and we kind of want to touch on the other people, but if I was, it, it's hard to overlook Klopp. We'll give it to Klopp um, for this one, but I think um, old Chris is a second place yeah <laughs> See, i would say no no but um, we'll fight about that later yeah so the next uh season award is so i've done a one to watch so this is kind of like an up-and-coming player that's it's had a good season this year had a breakout season but maybe hasn't played as many games as they should maybe been a very good uh substitute um that we think is going to be you know the one to watch next year uh, so I'll go first here. I've got a few names here, um, and we'll start off with two boys from Arsenal, actually, which is uh, Martinelli and Saka. Yeah, I agree with you there. I agree. Saka, especially, those assist um, records that he was getting at the end of the season, he was definitely, definitely in that starting lineup. Yeah, There's no question about that. He's not playing in his preferred position. Um, he's come in done a bloody good job and you know and for me stays in that team and and obviously it's hard to overlook Martinelli he every time he's he's, he's come on to the pitch he's scored he's yeah very, very, I remember watching him again he loves to tackle was it Leeds in the FA Cup no I can't remember I don't want to throw that stat out there but he <laughs> he, he looked very very good he's very pacey he's very direct mm-hmm. and he looks like he knows where the goal is he, he does that in the Premier League as well. I, I'm not sure if you've watched much of Arsenal, but I mean, whenever I've um, watched them play, he's he's looked fiery, he's looked up for it. He looks like he wants to play for Arsenal, he's which got that is what they Brazilian sound yeah, in him as well. Exactly, he looks like he wants to be there, and that's been a problem at Arsenal for a while, and it's refreshing to see. So I'm excited to see him next year. The only problem is 
the position in which Arsenal don't need is probably the position he plays. So mm. that's my only issue in, there. What are you talking about left back wise, or are you talking about a winger wise? No, Martinelli on my oh, back. Oh, sorry, here. sorry, yeah. sorry. Well, he is a winger, isn't he? Yeah. Put him left back if they want. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just want to throw uh, a couple more names out there. And this is from the lower league because, of course, it's easy to look at the, the top half the table and pick out players because, well, they win more games. But um, obviously, Norwich have got Campwell. Campwell, yeah. Campwell, yeah, in midfield. Um, I'm he's impressed a, he's with him. He's a bit him. of a joker as well. Yeah, he? yeah. He's a bit of a joker. I'm impressed with him um, considering Norwich uh, have been poor. The latter half of the season, to say the least. Um, he's a he's a prospect. Whether we will see him in the Premier League next season or not is a different question. Oh, 100%. But, um, yeah, if he's in the Premier League, what team? Whether there's, it's Norwich to come back or the I know era. there was some rumours that <laughs> Liverpool wanted him. Yeah, I think all the I top boys. I can definitely and... see in a top half table take him. Yeah. the punt on him anyway. Um, and then one more player is Ramsdale from yeah, I Bournemouth. I think Bournemouth have been poor. Um like Norwich, to be honest, they've and he's been probably very, very unlucky of injuries. Yeah, of course, but they, nonetheless, they've they've not been great. They've not been the Bournemouth that we've known a few years back, and I think he's been one of their only saving graces. Um, and he's English, isn't he? Is he, he is, English, yeah. yeah. So it's good to see another um young Hopefully English goalkeeper. One. Hopefully, he's the one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> England um, has not been blessed with goalkeepers. No, we've hunted them up and we've hunted them up, but um, yeah, good. Um, I would like to see him. Next season, of course. Um, anyone for you? I uh, could go the obvious one, Gilmore. Yep. Gilmore, that that final game, was it an FA Cup game or a Premier League game? I can't he, remember. He's played one against, oh, I don't want to say, I want to say it was Man City or Man United. I can't remember, it was but one, there was that the game. It's Liverpool, it's Liverpool. It was, yeah. And he, he controlled yeah. that game like he'd been playing and he was a 40-year-old. Yeah. He was incredible. He's only like this little figure on the, the football pitch. He's not built for it, is he? He's, if you he, look at him. No, <laughs> definitely not. But he's got that little magic in him, isn't he? That yeah. you, you just don't know what he's going to do. And the fact that he's barely played that many games and you're already excited about him says a lot. He's made an impression um, from the little time that we've seen of him. And um, yeah, I'm also excited to see how he that He just looks develops. like a complete package, but I think... Mm-hmm. He's at the wrong team. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Chelsea the, the, are not very good The position they youngsters. don't need right now as well is midfield. They are stacked in that position. Look what they've done with Kante. They've ruined Kante. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> Playing in bloody right mid. Yeah, get him to Barcelona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, anyone else on your list or should we move on? Uh, not in, not individual-wise, but you could say that... Team-wise? Um, one to watch for next season, you could say Leicester. Leicester, yep. they've got such a good young core now. They've got people like Ndidi that was mm-hmm. incredible this year. You've got Harvey Barnes that's coming onto the scene. Yeah. Chilwell, Pereira. They, I think the average age for their team is about 24. Yeah, they've got like. a young, and young, exciting team. They just look like they're getting better. Now that they've got a quality manager as well in mm-hmm. Brendan. Yeah. They honestly... Maybe one or two signings away. My from only him. issue for them, sorry to cut you short, <laughs> is uh, obviously Vardy's getting older. They need to go and replace him. He's a big asset to that team, and they need to find someone that can kind of fill his boots. Um, I don't think Ian Acho is that person, no, so no. they're going to have to spend big, I think. But um, just another team that I think, if we're going on teams to watch, Everton for me. Um, oh, I don't know. I think they've improved massively under uh, Carlo Ancelotti. And I'm not. I'm not this. I'm not saying that, but. They're one of those teams that they always should be good. If you was to predict at the beginning of every season and say, where do you think West Ham, where do you reckon Everton? Yeah, you always, put top eight. Top yeah, eight. always. Yeah, or oh, they could be pushing this year because they sign those mm-hmm. those two players at 30 mil, 40 mil. But they always seem to just... They be... do seem to underperform every single year and, and um, it will probably be the same next year. But I just think... They've got the players, they've now got the manager, and I just, I don't really care, to be honest, if, if they do well or not. But, <laughs> I mean, I just think in my head that with players like Richarlison, they were coming into form, they were climbing up the table. I think one more signing that isn't a midfielder um, yeah. could really benefit them. Uh, I don't know, could be wrong there, but I just think Everton, either way, uh, could... Um, 
be one to watch next year. Uh, next se- uh, the next season award is best season. So which team has had the best season? Are we going off of which team? I guess has you think statistically had the best season, or which team like in our eyes compared to what we thought they were. Yeah, I think if at the start of the start of the league, you probably look at the table and you do a rough prediction of where you think everyone is. Um, so for example, Sheffield United, I had them at the bottom, had them yeah. in bottom three. For me, they've had one of the best seasons because they've overperformed by massive. I mean, what did they? They are now fifth. I want to say. Up there, weren't they? They yeah. were talks that if Man City was going to get that bad, then they yeah. could push into top the top six. Four, I, I so. believe. Um, we should have really checked this. Before, yeah, should have definitely God. checked the table, but um, <laughs> it's been, it's been that, that long. long. About <laughs> we kind of forgot about it. Um, so yeah, for me, a team that's had the best season is Sheffield United, um, from zero to hero, really. Um, yeah, and then you could also say the obvious. You got the, the Leicesters. Yeah, I know they're not as predictable as the Sheffield United Sheffield United were tipped to go down mm-hmm. Leicester was tipped to be up there but no I don't mid table definitely no one predicted them to be this good they're, like, they're third yeah. I know that one yeah. in the table <laughs> they're challenging the big boys <laughs> up there I know Liverpool ran away with it at the end but they that was the yeah they were for a little bit in front of um Man City for a while and they just yeah, look quite they've good got season. A, a, a very, very solid team now. They've got an identity which is uh worrying if you're a team like West Ham because that is something we've been struggling with for a while and and uh yeah, Leicester have had a great season. So I'd probably say it's between Sheffield United and Leicester and of course Liverpool. Yeah. But they can't win every single award, so yeah. we're trying to avoid talking about Liverpool because it's so easy. We could go into they win every award, to be about, honest. Yeah. I mean, to have a season like they have, hats off to them. They have been amazing this year, but... Just trying to make it a bit different. Yeah. Um. So, so we say Sheffield United? Or I'd do you want say to go... Leicester. All right. But... <laughs> We're going Leicester. Um, just because, you know, third and fair play to them. They've done amazing this year. Um. The next one in the list is most disappoint- disappointing season. So, which team for you... Has been most disappointing. Now I've I got don't a few think names. I need to tell you who I think. I think you know yourself. <laughs> so of course, West Ham United have been absolutely dreadful. Um, I say it every year, but I always tip us. Um, I'm very optimistic, but realistic. I'd like to think about where oh, I think very realistic compared to now. Compared... The stadium is the finance. Yeah. Well, you say finances. I think it's a lot of. Hidden finances, yeah, as they say. What we're told. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm realistic. I can always tip West Ham. Well, this year I tipped us for top ten, which I think, to be honest, is underachieving. Uh I think we should be pushing. Top ten, you should be pushing. Yeah, hundred percent. But I never think that we're gonna be Europe Europe, like some West Ham fans. But you're do. not there. No, you we're are not in there. Relegation. <laughs> Complete other side. Anyway. Yeah. And um yeah, we've had a horrendous season and obviously um if we were going on what the table is now, we would have stayed up. But it's another one of those seasons that you just have to write off. You know, nothing's happened. But how many more have you got of those before? Well, you have ben, to st- I know you're questioning. The- I've been a West Ham fan for a long time now, <laughs> and it, it ain't changed. So <laughs> you know, it's it's tough. But moving on from West Ham because it, it depresses me slightly. Um, I'd say two big teams that I'm going to put in here that maybe not everyone would dis- um everyone will agree with. Sorry is Man City. I don't think Man City have had that great season. And this is purely... That's that's very easy to judge. This is purely based on their high standards that they've set themselves. When you look at Man City, you expect a lot, to be honest. Goals go low. Yeah. That's what you expect. The season before, they'd actually fixed their defensive issues to an extent. Yeah. They were very unlucky because they... They yeah, Laporte. The problem Laporte, with Laporte is it's like taking Virgil Van Dijk out of Liverpool. It's, yeah, it's it's tough, but especially when you're replacing him with Fernandinho. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not saying they haven't had their issues, but they've been disappointed. The amount of games they've lost compared to how many they probably look to lose in the season, how many games they've thrown away, how many times they've not turned up. I think Man City have been disappointed, and um. Someone like me who who likes watching that kind of football, um, you know, I find myself watching them and not really enjoying them. Um, and yeah, I just think they've been below par. 
Here's um, a question for you. It's quite clear that Pep is getting very frustrated, and especially now that they might not be getting the Champions League. And it's already come clear that some of their big, big players like Kevin De Bruyne, Aguero and that have all said that they they don't know if they're going to be there if they haven't got Champions League because that is like the holy grail for football. Yeah. What do you think will happen to Pep then? Because he's already been fought. He's been found out a little bit this season. Yeah, I think definitely he'll definitely be there next season, whenever that is. Um, whether he's there for much longer... I'm not sure. Because he doesn't stay for very long. He doesn't. And he's, I think he has a squad and he kind of assesses what they're capable of. Can he see this squad winning the Champions League? I'm not sure. And I think that's the only thing that will keep him there is if he thinks he can get this squad a Champions League. I think this season would have been a great opportunity to try and win that. Now that they knew that the Premier League was out of reach, uh, some of the other cups they had already finished this season would have been his main focus and now that this season's finished you know um, are they going to do he's it he's yet next to season? manage in France Sorry? he's yet to manage in France yeah but PSG could be a cheeky little uh, I could see him personally going back to somewhere like that yeah now. I mean he's an incredible manager and to be honest deserves incredible success in clubs so yeah, um, but that that's my team's. So obviously, I'm not sure you probably have Arsenal on your list, if I'm not wrong. I do, yeah. I yeah. have <laughs> They've been, if you look where they are in the table, that is awful. If you think of Arsenal teams over the year, they're, well, over the years, I say under Arsenal Anger. lately, they've been that fourth team. But Champions League. Yeah, you, you guarantee them top four yeah. five years ago. But if you're, if you're thinking Arsenal, you're thinking challenging Champions League. Yeah. Yeah. This season they have been abysmal. They cannot sort their defence out. Attacking wise, it seems like it's a Bamiyang versus everyone. Yeah. Midfielder wise, the club is a mess. You've got people like or club captain Xhaka, who is just a liability. He turn it around a little bit at Arsenal. I see Arsenal fans kind of warming back to him, and and I do feel for Arteta. I mean, that's not really his group. I think Arteta's going to do very well. It's not his group of players. It's not his squad. He is dealing with, excuse my French, a a, you know, a bunch of crap. And I just think it was never going to be a great season for Arsenal. But you did expect a little bit more. I well, I'm not. I'm not saying. Arteta's fault because he did get him up and going a little bit towards the end of the season but that first half of the season with Emery they were atrocious they were abysmal they and the problem was if you was to go through each position for Arsenal you couldn't say what their starting 11 is no I don't think Arsenal no fans Arsenal fans don't know to be honest I remember speaking to one of my mates about it and he he said the only player he really likes is Aubameyang Mm. and obviously he's got people like Martinelli but that's future wise Mm. but and Leno yeah I was going to say (laughs) I think Leno to be fair is is another one that has kind of saved their ass this season um Mm. but yeah I mean Arsenal have been disappointing but they have been for a while now and I just think that they're still lacking and I don't think we'll see them really competing for a while yet. So, um, yeah, who should we get? Best signing? Yeah, yeah, let's go yeah. on to the best signing. Um, so this, for me, is a tough one because I don't think a lot of the summer signings have actually been that great. Not great, no. Um, there is a few names. Obviously, there's January signs, well, not just summer ones, but a few names I'm going to throw into the mix and you just say... Yeah, and I'll agree. put mine in and we'll discuss yeah. it. Rodri, for me, is hard to overlook. Yeah. I think... I not think it's that, the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, yeah, not that Man City needed that position, but they needed it for the future, if that makes sense. so Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, initially, he was a replacement for Fernandinho. Yeah. But I think they've realised how key Fernandinho yeah. is to that team. Mm-hmm. And even when they moved him to centre-back, it seemed like Fernandinho was that yeah. guy. And he has to be in the team, Fernandinho. Yeah. And but Rodri, yeah, I agree. He's looked all right this season. Yeah. Come up with some big goals for him. Yeah, and I just think 
to be fair, he's he's slotted right into that Man City team, and, and I think he'll be there for a while as well. Yeah, I think he suits Man City, and, and it was a good find by them. Um, and another player that I'm not a big fan of personally, but I can appreciate when someone's having a good season, and I think it's hard to overlook Aaron Wambasaka. Yeah. Um absolute tackle machine. Yeah. I mean he, <laughs> he loves the slide tackle. He loves the slide tackle. Um I think he can definitely work on his um his game going forward. Oh, he's awful going forward. I think his crossing is horrendous. I don't Only know how good, uh, speaking to my mate well, well, I was gonna say Mike. The guys wouldn't know who Mike is, yeah. but he said that Wembasaka is incredible going forward, but when he attacks it's like he doesn't know where he is. He like loses his head. Yeah. Apart from that one cross against uh, was it Arsenal with the Martial header. Potentially, yeah. I can't remember the team. But anyway, with the Martial header, he's he's just not great at going forward. No. It's um he has the pace. Oh, we know he has the quality somewhere yeah. in there. Um I just think maybe he's um he's finding it hard at Palace you have a lot of less pressure on pressure, you. Yeah. He was a big fish in I a think, small pond. I think that's what you're also finding with his defensive partner as well, yeah. Harry Maguire. Yeah. I think I he's... think he's been an I think he's been very good this season, actually, considering that Man City don't have that other centre back that go with him that is Stonewall like you know every week it's Wamba Saka, Luke Shaw, Harry Maguire and do you know what I mean? Yeah. They don't have that. I know they've tried Lindelof. They've tried, obviously. Yeah, their back four is a bit of a mess. Um, and Luke Shaw gets injured all the time. So they but have I think to bring that, in... I think they're getting there. I think they're slowly getting there, United. Mm. And I think Harry Maguire, especially being their captain now, has has changed that team. I think, I yeah. think they are a lot more solid team now. I think, um, you know, while we're on the subject of Man United, um, who have... Been quite, you know, been quite good in the transfer market. Um, for a change, yeah. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, yeah. Summer sign, um, very, not summer signing, January signing. He looks the real deal. He look. That. I'm not going to put too much praise on him, um, because it's very early. It's there early a, days, there wasn't, but, didn't play many games, but, but 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 what I've seen of him, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. He does look the real deal, especially coming from that league as well. In the Spanish, Spanish league, in the Portuguese league, there it doesn't tend to have a lot of people come from people like that. Apart from you, your nannies and that, come to the Premier League. Not straight away and hit but, it like he yeah. has. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But he's done mid-season very well. Yeah, very, very he's come well. In, I know he's... that was a transfer that was talked about for a long time as well, and I think it got quite frustrating. But to come in. And be that focal point now that Man United have absolutely been crying. For. He's got the right mentality as well. I've seen a few interviews from him, and um, United fans should be excited about. But United him. have got a very good yeah. core now. They've got the Rashfords up front. You've got the uh, you've got the Fernandez in Cam. You've got yeah. McTominay, who looks like he's coming forward as well. You obviously got De Gea and Maguire. Mm-hmm. They look yeah. like they they're starting to get it together a nice and team. If they can get a good fee for Pogba, if they were looking to sell him, that then... is for another podcast. <laughs> that is for another podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw a name out there. A ahead. very controversial one, but Gary Cahill. I know you okay, laugh about okay. this. I know you laugh. Gary Cahill has been incredible. I can admit, for a free transfer. It's a good bit of business. He has been... You think about the Crystal Palace teams, and he is not... Hold on. Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back? Yeah. We're back. You can cut that. Is it, <laughs> you think about the Crystal Palace teams and their squad that is there now and how he's come in and played with mediocre centre-backs and he's changed that team and made them defensively solid there's there's only been what six teams that have been better statistically defensively than Crystal Palace this year and you think about that Crystal Palace team not being great Mm. that's a that is a very very good stat yeah I mean if you if you're talking about I know I weren't that completely horrible and I didn't justify him at all. Uh, I know what you're trying to say. For for what they've brought him in for, they've brought him in for free to do a job. He's done he that. He's always proven at Chelsea. Yeah. He's always been that captain that, I know the latter of Chelsea, he was not great, 
But coming into a team yeah. like Crystal Palace, he's been absolutely fantastic. I'm not saying he is player of the season, but I think he just... Yeah, he, he's done what yeah. he's meant to do and fair play to Palace for taking a chance on him and, and it's worked. Um, so we're just going to go on to the last award here, which is worst signing. Now, I've actually got a fair few people down here. Um, and like I said, it's because I think most of the signings okay. were, were awful. Let me go first yep. then. <laughs> so I think you got Moise King. Yeah, I feel sorry for him, but... But then He's what, not helped himself. at what point do you start to not feel sorry for him and go, come on, mate, you need to be doing better? Uh, I'm not an Everton fan, so yes, quite frankly, I can feel sorry he, for him all I like. He was very tipped in Juve. He was very, very tipped. I know that they he played started, well. When yeah, he, he, was, he yeah. was their main sub. He used to come on quite a lot. There's a lot of hype around him, a lot of hype. I remember looking through social media and everyone was like, oh my God, how have Everton yeah. managed to sign him? Yeah, I think I was one of those him. people, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. for the money that they paid, and I know at the time it was Duncan Robson, uh, Duncan Robson, Duncan Ferguson, <laughs> <laughs> didn't really take a fancy to him with all that, that sub. Yeah, it was a bit of controversy. And I, I do admit, I did feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah, but if you watch the highlights back, the, the Jamie Carragher and yeah, Redknapp, yeah, he was analyst. awful. He was yeah. awful. But, yeah, and then another name that I'll throw out there as well is Ndombele. Of Tottenham, yeah. How this guy is getting linked to Barcelona. I, I remember watching a little bit about him when he was at Lyon, mm. and he did look the real deal. He looks like this big, powerful movie, a bit like what they've got in Sissoko. Just a bit more technical ability because yeah. that's a so he he cannot shoot to save his life. But this end on Belly looked like the real deal. But he's come in and he's looked like a donkey. What's the transfer fee for him? Big, wasn't it? Oh, it was pretty big. It was yeah. I'd say thirties. Yeah. Um well, to be fair, I don't watch a lot of Tottenham. I don't like watching Tottenham. But um I've not heard many good things about him. So And he's being linked to Barcelona. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. For that, I, I could see because he's young. He was doing well because <laughs> he's young. Maybe. maybe it's first season. You know, I always say with foreign players, you've got to give them a season mm. um, to bed themselves in, learn the language, learn the, learn the English culture, and then you judge them. So yeah, um, that might be a harsh one from me because I personally. But think But still, that, you think it's not yeah. had a great season. He, he's not had a great season. He he, he hasn't been a great signing. Um, I've got. A couple of names that I want to throw out there as well, which is Danny Drinkwater, who was on loan from Chelsea to Burnley. <laughs> was he there? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I think he played one game. A joke of a player now, uh, There's it? a lot of things that obviously went about in the media um, that I won't touch on, just in case. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's been horrendous. Uh, poor Burnley. Nowhere near fought... the player at Leicester. No, Nowhere and, near. and the thing is, I think when you make a signing like that, you always think that their form will come back of what they mm. were. Maybe at Leicester, he, w- he was doing all right when he did play for Chelsea at the start. I don't know. Maybe at Leicester, it just proved that it was the players around him. Yeah, and um, I just think that was horrendous signing, to be fair. Um, I, I don't know how we got the move to Chelsea in the first place. No, I mean, I... I think and it's, it was it's, the English thing more than... And it's ruined his career, so... Well, it shows, you know, don't always go chasing the money. Uh, another couple of players, back to Arsenal. Uh, sorry, Arsenal fans, but David Luiz and Pepe. I think David Luiz is a harsh one. I, think... I don't think he's improved that defence, and I think the whole reason he was bought was to improve that defence, and I think he's, he's a risk, he's calamity. Don't get me wrong... On his day, he is a bloody good defender. Yeah. But how many of those days does he have? How many times does he provide you with reassurance? To me, I prefer Socrates. and But I don't think Socrates and David Luiz work well yeah, together. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that sense. But I agree with you in the sense that he's a bad signing. Because even though he does have his days, he is... A good defender, and I know I think there's just the controversy around Arsenal's defense that makes him. Yeah, worse. I don't think it helps that he's in a team that can't defend to save their lives, it's so like his the, errors yeah, are it's, enhanced. But yeah. 
I just think it's not been a great one. They didn't need a defender like him. And no, they need a proper, proper defender. Yeah, and I they just, need a cooler Bali. Just think they like could have spent their, their money elsewhere. And, and going back over to Pepe, I just think for the amount of money, he's not shown. Oh, so your other one is Pepe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm doing two here for Arsenal, sorry. Um, Pepe, I just, I just think the money, the money is the main thing here. He's he's shown glimpses. I can't say that word. Glimpses. Glimpses. <laughs> he's shown glimpses of um, quality, but not enough for me. Uh, most of those glimpses. Glimpses. <laughs> just <cut> <laughs> he's shown uh some quality of course uh most of that coming against uh teams in the bottom half and i just think uh i remember watching that game where he'd done that free kick in the europa uh, he scored two. yeah and i just think that's no he scored two he scored two goals definitely two goals wasn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just thought maybe that's where he kicked start but it didn't didn't seem to happen he ha- he has about <clears throat> one good game Seven bad. Uh... See, I disagree with you again. There. I not I, in the sense of being a bad signing. Yeah, because of the money it cost but, him, it's been a bad yeah. signing. You, you'd hope that he'd hit the ground running when you pay that type of money for a player. But it's kind of an investment for Arsenal as well, because he is young. It is a position that they needed. And it, it is proven that it's a second. It's a, sy- it's it... a second season syndrome in the Premier League. Second season is when people kick on. Yeah, but I mean, I just think this season for the money, for the hype, for yeah, everything I around him, he's he's not been a great son in this season. Does that mean that he's not going to kick on? No, I just think this season he's been awful. Yeah, all right, I agree with you on that sense. But um, just want to throw one more player out there on the worst sign award before we kind of wrap this episode up a bit. Uh, and I, of course, I had to go back to my roots with West Ham. Uh, it'd be rude not to put one of our many, many horrendous signings on there, and that has to be Roberto. Oh, um, as I know, Ben, you enjoyed taking the mick out of me for, but, I mean, <laughs> Fabianski got injured at the start of the season. Roberto comes in, being horrendous, absolutely horrendous. Uh, the fact that we almost had to pay someone to take him off our hands on loan shows you the calibre of his skill set. He made our whole team nervous, uh, which didn't really need doing because we're horrendous as it is, and he just was, uh, you know, uh, so many, so many mistakes and prones, and he was not good at anything. I don't want to crucify the bloke but when too much. When you have a keeper that is so solid in Fabianski, and you trust Fabianski, and he's done well for so well, I would say so long for you, but over the course of the last what four seasons or so, he's done very very well for you, and then you replace him. I know it was an unfortunate injury. You have to get a keeper. And then you get someone like Roberto. But the problem is, our, this is the issue. Our scouting staff thought that was a good sign-in. And that, that, that stems more alarms and to me. And who but... have you replaced Roberto with now? Randolph. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, look, I don't want to, that's another whole podcast episode on West Ham's awful scouting. But just to throw him out there, I think Roberto... It's, it's got to be up there for one of the worst signings. He was a bit of a meme for a bit, yeah. wasn't so, he? He was a bit of a meme. To finish off the episode, Ben, who who are we going to give that award to? The worst signing? For money-wise, I think you got to say Keane, maybe, just because of the hype that was around him. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, but then I think Keane and Pepper are in the same boat. I yeah. think they both come into the league. They've both had a lot of hype around them. They've both had uh, massive prize tags. They've both gone to big clubs and, and you expect them to do better than what they have. Um, do we think they're going to be, you know, one of the worst signings ever? No. Do we Absolutely think, not. Do we no. think they're going to kick on they next year? So Probably. But this year, I think one of those two boys has sadly got to take the award yeah. I think we'll even get a split one for him yeah. so we get, we get two <laughs> we'll, um, send it your way. we'll send them your way but uh, thank you so much guys for listening to our first episode on uh, the 511 podcast don't forget to follow us on social media which is Instagram uh, the 511 podcast underscore and Twitter which is the 511 podcast just plain and simple um, we also are following back at the moment so come and help us but um thank you so much guys and we'll see you uh next episode and don't forget to like and subscribe as well oh yeah